0: Welcome, everyone, to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ron, on ESPN, ESPN.com, Giants reporter. And we're here with the Christmas Day game episode. That's right. The Giants play on Christmas Day. But not because it's like a normal Sunday. It's actually Monday. Because they're turning Christmas Day into a mini Thanksgiving. I'll explain that in a few minutes. Later on in the show, we'll talk to Darren Ravel about the new Tommy DeVito drama, pizzeria drama, that unfolded this week. And I think if you haven't heard about it yet, you'll be blown away. But about how much two hours' worth of Tommy DeVito's time is worth. But first, let's talk for a minute, really don't need much more, about what happened in New Orleans. The Giants, they got smacked in New Orleans 24-6, played a terrible game. Uh, They were on a short week off Monday night against the Packers. They just got whooped all over the field. The defense was okay. Let up less than 300 yards. But Derek Carr made some big pass plays. So it was 7-6 at halftime, but ended up being 24-6. They kind of wore down in the second half. Offense was terrible. Didn't do anything. Offensive line struggled. DeVito did nothing. And so here we are. Even if you are the biggest giant fan. Biggest homer that we could find. I don't know if there's a scenario that we could put together that you could put together because I can't put it together. Of the Giants are going to make the playoffs at this point. ESPN Analytics has it at 0.1%. That's as close as you can get, by the way, basically to zero without it being zero. So they're five and nine. Any dream of some ridiculous run is over. You know, the fleeting moment that it lasted. Some of you, maybe like a week or two, say, hey, you know what? We're only uh, one game behind the final playoff spot. The problem was there was too many teams between you, and the Giants aren't a good team. And we saw it again on Sunday in New Orleans. Okay? So now we know this team going nowhere. Where do they move forward? All that I see left for the final three games they played uh, at Philly on Christmas, home against the Rams, a New Year's Eve day, and uh, home against the Eagles again. So the Eagles two out of three times. By the way, the Eagles desperately need this, this these games, coming in off a three game lose on a three game losing streak, playing for essentially the top seed in the NFC and at the very least the NFC East title. So they have a ton to play for. Giants huge underdogs. Last I looked, it was twelve points. Probably not even high enough. Okay, Dexter Lawrence, he's not even completely healthy. Giants are not in great shape going into this game against the Eagles. But what we do have is. Further evaluation of Tommy DeVito. He is an opportunity on a national stage again against the Eagles, and a team that has owned the Giants. As Saquon Barkley said, it's not even just from when him and Sterling Shepard are here. You're talking about over the past decade, three and sixteen. Giants are three and sixteen against the Eagles in their last nineteen mini- meetings. So they never beat Philadelphia. If Tommy DeVito could pull it off or play really, really well, and from in front of a national audience again, it'll do a lot. For his stature and for what the, what opportunity he's afforded next year. Now, most of you don't give a darn based on my Twitter. All you want is traffic, traffic, traffic. And I understand that. Ultimately, I think that's where the Giants need to find their future quarterback because I've said it before. Investing in Daniel Jones and you know, putting your franchise in his hands at this point is just too risky to for any general manager or front office to do. Two neck injuries and now a torn ACL. How can you invest in that? And say, okay, we're building this team around that guy. That's our quarterback. That's our building block. Way too risky. So I don't see that happen. I still think a quarterback is well within the realm of possibilities in the draft. Now, we'll have plenty of time to talk about that. What I find interesting, though, is this week is a Christmas Day game. And... So the NFL has a schedule. It's a Monday. It's a little different. Maybe you probably can't do this on Tuesday or Wednesday. Maybe Tuesday, but definitely not Wednesday, right? You have three games, essentially the 12 o'clock window, the 4.30 window, and the night window. night, the night game is amazing. San Francisco-Baltimore might be the best game of the year. Two Super Bowl favorites right now. 4 o'clock game, 4.30 game, actually. Giants at Philadelphia. Should be a crazy atmosphere. Christmas in Philadelphia. I don't know they lost three in a row, but should be a great atmosphere. And then the early window, that's like the lying game on Thanksgiving. So that's what it reminds me of. It reminds me of Thanksgiving. And granted, I'm Jewish, so it's a little different perspective for me. But I like the idea, and you could tell me if I'm wrong, of especially the 4.30 game. You could do your Christmas in the morning. You open the presents with the kids. You have an early dinner. And then you sit there and you watch football, kind of like you do on Thanksgiving. You got family there. It's a family day. And you just have Thanksgiving on in the background. I mean, you have the game on in the background, like you do on Thanksgiving. And it does a massive rating. I kind of expect that here. I like the idea of the 4.30 Christmas Day game. I think this is something the NFL should consider doing more of. Now, maybe it should be a double window, not a triple window game. Whereas you get a 4.30 in a night game. I don't know about the early game. I think, I think the early game, you're pushing it with people. They want to spend the morning doing you know, the gifts with the kids, the tree, you know, the family. People go to church. So to do it in the 12, in the 12 o'clock window, 1230 window, 1 o'clock even, that's a little early. But I like the afternoon game. And that's where the Giants are at. I think it's going to be a great atmosphere in Philadelphia. I mean, it always is pretty good in Philadelphia. They're ruthless. I know you, as Giant fans, mostly hate Eagles and Eagles fans. But it'll be a fun, lubed-up crowd there in Philadelphia, at which, you know, Tommy DeVito says he likes that hostile environment. He embraces it. You know, they're going to tell him Merry Christmas in a lot of different ways, and guess what he's going to do? He's going to say it right back to them. Tell them Merry Christmas. Saquon talked about how it's going to be a great atmosphere like it always is in Philadelphia. So I'm in for the the Christmas Day game. And now I admit, I admit, I'm Jewish. It's a little different for me, so my perspective may be skewed. But I do think most people are going to like the afternoon or in the evening games, especially since they're pretty meaningful games. I mean, very meaningful games. Baltimore, San Francisco at night, both teams vying for the number one seeds in their conference. The Eagles vying for the number one seed in the NFC and the NFC East division crown in the 430 window. Too bad the Giants didn't oblige and make this a meaningful game for them. If they had won in New Orleans, this game would be, for the from a Giants perspective, have some hype too, and it'd be a really great spot for the NFL. Now the Giants fans are subjected to rooting for draft positioning, which seems to be the main priority for most people. And for the organization, it's another look, hey, what do we have here with Tommy DeVito? Another opportunity for the undrafted rookie to play well in a big spot against a, a team the Giants haven't been able to go get over the hump again. against. Think about what it would mean to Tommy DeVito's resume if he played really well in this environment, in this atmosphere. And if he doesn't, I think you kind of know what you got, at least for next year. You have a guy that you feel confident in, you could put in for a couple games to get by with. He can compete for the backup spot. You don't have to worry about anyone pressuring you. You know, oh, he should be given an opportunity to be the starter. He played well enough the yada 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 so this is the line of demarcation in my opinion now as far as the devito craze let's get into that a little bit more on to the next one
1: That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza, better because it has to be.
0: All right, let's bring in Darren Ravel, a friend of mine, also a a legendary sports business reporter. Uh, We did some stuff together back in the day when you were at ESPN. I was trying to think, we did the Giants-Eli memorabilia stuff, Yes, correct? we did. Yes, we did. The Skiba brothers. Was there something else? I feel like there was something else.
2: There's got to be something else, but that was the last thing I remember.
0: Yeah. Well, welcome. I appreciate your time. You've been all over the Tommy DeVito stuff the last few days, specifically the the pizzeria in Morristown, Caniglio's, and the little drama that went back and forth there. So let's start with that. We'll get to the Tommy DeVito big picture stuff in a second. Explain to me and everybody out there kind of what happened with the Coniglios and how you got involved yeah. and got a, got got a whiff of that and, and how it sort of played out.
2: Right. Well, obviously like the rise of Tommy DeVito, um, it, it started slow. And then, you know, obviously the Packers Monday night football game uh, where the Packers. I don't, it seems like they were in on the act of rising. Tommy DeVito. I mean, that was a crazy uh, game. Just a sidebar. Uh, I was uh, part of a team of. There's there was there's twenty there was twenty two people left in a survivor pool. Uh, and that week, oh, I chose. So you're
0: bitter. That's what this is about.
2: No, and that week I chose the Patriots, and my partner said, "You got to be Ooh. kidding me." The Patriots win, and then we are both at the Packers Giants game. And yeah, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not here to talk about football, I'm here to talk about business. But you know, he Tommy DeVito had like nine seconds in the pocket on every throw, including the prevent defense at the end, where all they needed was a field goal. Anyway, you sound, we're, we're, you
0: sound like a true bitter better,
2: right? Yeah, there. yeah that is
0: true yeah. bitter betting talk, right? But now.
2: Tommy DeVito, Tommy DeVito, you know, become, you know, you have the the tailgate with the 300 cutlets and the, and then he comes through and he's a hero and, you know, Monday night football. And, um, you know, the, he he had like five or six appearances that were set up, uh, a card shop, a, uh, uh, a burrito place, uh, and then this pizza place, uh, in Morristown. Um, and, and, uh, the card shop number kind of moved a little bit. But then there was this, you know, Coniglio's, a relatively new pizza place. Uh, they, you know, originally it's had a agreed. really new, new spot. I didn't realize that. I didn't either. They said they were around since 2020. When you say since, you don't say since 2022. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so so they had, let's just say, agreed in principle to a deal that Tommy DeVito would be there for two hours. He'd sign autographs and it would be $10,000 and then his agent Sean Silotto uh communicated that that number was going to change after the Monday night football game to 20,000 and uh, Nino Caniglio the owner you know went nuts and and uh decided to go postal on on Instagram I saw that I called him and found out this whole kind of back and forth uh and Silotto then said that there wasn't, an, there wasn't a contract. There wasn't a contract. Okay. Um, now, that could be debatable legally because it seems like the terms were pretty much agreed on if it ever got to that. But Nino Canegulo said, fine, I'm not paying the $20,000. I'm not even paying the $10,000. Forget about it. Uh, and then, so there was just so much noise. Uh, and then on, uh, what was it? Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday is when he went
0: there, yeah.
2: Yeah, on Tuesday, like an hour before, uh, I heard that uh Stilato was no longer gonna be dealing with the marketing. I mean, listen, good, good good thing that that they they got this kid, uh, you know, I don't think any of that was Tommy DeVito. I think it was Stilato being like, Let's get what we can get when we can get it. Uh and it backfired. And so For I got a sure. call. I got a call saying that he was no longer going to be handling marketing. Uh, and Max Lepselter, who is the son of Mark Lepselter, who for a long time did uh, Tiki's marketing, and he's been in the game for a long yep. time, that he was taking over. Represented
0: me once in a book I did with Joe Beninga Ah, that's amazing. Long story short.
2: Also, by the way, LT's agent. Oh, LT's agent, too. Yeah, so he's done a lot of giant stuff. And... Uh, and I just got it communicated that that Tommy was gonna show up at Coniglio's like forty five minutes before I hightailed it and I made it. Um and it really wasn't like uh the post was following around for the day, but that you know, so they were there and then I showed up. But it wasn't like a media opportunity. Um it was just like, you know, if you wanna catch something, you can. But it it really was, you know, they sat down, they they talk. They, you know, made sodas and, and and I think for the most part, I think the public didn't think that Tommy DeVito was the one behind the price increase.
0: Right. He did uh, say yesterday, so we're taping this on Thursday, that look, he's not, he's not involved in anything. It, he, you know, his his team's job is to take care of it, bring it to him. He signs it when he's done and goes right. He has to concentrate on football at this point. Yes, and it's a believable him. thing. You yeah, know, very you, believable. You can't be involved in all this stuff during the season, especially. Yeah, you really can't.
2: So, and then Thursday morning, we find out that he has trademarked through his LLC, or his people have, uh, Tommy Cutlets and the Passing Paisano, and for Tommy Cutlets, uh, you know, the intent to put it on, you know, branded chicken and pasta sauces and pasta and whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that,
0: what does it say? The horse getting ahead of the cart? Or the cart no, 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 you ahead need you
2: no, 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 you, you, you need to, you need to get the the horse ahead of the cart, like because the cart ahead of the horse is the cart ahead of the horse yeah, yeah. because, because, uh, if someone else file for Tommy Cutlets, if let's say I file for it on Monday and then he files it on Thursday, he has to wait in line behind me Yeah, as far as the, trademark examiner goes i remember so, it
0: was the we went through this with uh Danny dimes yes yes
2: there was someone else who who yep. did it for him yep 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 yep. So, so all right go ahead no so so i think we're we're at the point where you know he's cleaned himself off uh i think sean stellato is probably never relevant again that he butchered his one chance Um, and, and, and we move on and now we turn to the field of play again, uh, you know, to, to, to see if he could continue going on. Obviously the game against the saints wasn't anything to write home about. Um, and, and so, so the question now becomes, you know, what becomes of him, uh, and if it's not the issue is and this is a really interesting one okay uh if he's not let's say he does get a third qb job but mm-hmm. it's not in new york that diminishes
0: his value
2: yeah he's signed if though he's, he's signed through york. next
0: year okay he's, okay he's so gonna be the... here at least another year okay so, uh, so i would assume good. more there's other ways that you end up you, you know basically they could Kind of have, like, a cheap option on him in the in the, the third year as well, I believe.
2: Okay, uh, so that, that so, that's important. Yeah. That
0: will be important for him. And, and he's his- not going to want to leave, right? Because, like, like you said, right. there's value to him being here. Yes. yes. So, here, first of all, a couple questions. Number one, do you get the vibe that Sean Stelato was kind of acting out of pocket because here's what I know, and if you look closely and you look at the Green Bay game, Max Lepselter sitting there with the family and Sean as well. So this was Correct. kind of in the works already before. Was Stelato Max was Max? Lo- yeah, yeah, Ma-
2: like Max. was still
0: negotiating was, kind of deal.
2: Yeah, I think I I I think the formal switch. Yes, I think Max got into the picture. Yes, and he was doing some marketing stuff, but Sean was doing some marketing stuff. And I think this incident made it cut and dry.
0: So is that normal for the, let's say you you hire a marketing team, but the agent to still try and be involved and bring in offers? Hey, look, I got this. Maybe you should consider this.
2: Appearances are a gray area usually, right? Because if someone calls the agent, uh, agents can do, uh, appearances and they do sometimes. So I think it's cause it was generally a gray area, but I think because of how it
0: went down, there was a necessary cutoff. Okay. And what about the 10 to 10 and 20 grand numbers? Do they raise an eyebrow for you? Is are those big? Are those small? Like give us an idea of what an appearance for something like this usually goes for.
2: So a lot of people go, Oh, you could get a hall of fame baseball player for 20,000 for, 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 t- Two hours or whatever, the which is true. Uh, You could get like a guy who was inducted in the eighties, you know, for Mm seventy five bucks an autograph, and but but the rates often have to do with how busy the guy is, and it's and how busy how busy in the moment it is. So people usually, and I've been guilty of doing this, although I, you know, obviously I put in a tweet like this guy's charging, you know, so seventy five dollars. For Tommy DeVito for a photo. Like 225
0: um, for a VIP package, I believe it was. Right, so right. That. Which included a, huh? a, yeah,
2: an autograph and a photo. Uh so 225, I mean, again, you could get you could get a a pretty solid hall of famer for that um in both football uh and baseball. Um and you know, but it's all about his time. And that's why uh to raise it from 10 to 20. I think maybe the market could have held it uh, in that moment. Uh, if let's say he beat the hell out of the saints, mm-hmm. I actually think there would be less objecting, but, right. but but because, or, or if the appearance is right after the Packers thing, but it's not something you do in general. I mean, it lacks tact, right? right? Have, a, have it, have business, Correct. Correct. Um, and if you think, long term. I mean, that's just a a quick play. If you're thinking long term, you of course don't do that because is ten thousand dollars really worth burning? No, it's not that that that's not worth that's not worth anything to him. So
0: especially if it's gonna stain your name. I
2: think Stellato's the one who who is out in terms of like it stained his name and you know and he already you know, this was his kind of maybe one chance if anyone else would have given him a chance, and I think he lost it.
0: Right. So I'll tell you the original thing. So, you know, Tommy DeVito's having some fleeting success. You know, the first couple of weeks, he has this appearance at a Primo's hoagie shop in North Jersey. Yep. And I'm going there, and I'm sugar- I mean, I'm thinking to myself, it's at a strip mall, sandwich shop. <laughs> you know, be like maybe 50, 100 people there. And I have to tell you, I was blown away. I was blown away by what happened there that day. Were you three hundred around the block? Around the block. I mean, literally, they had to have him stop taking pictures because they were trying to make sure that he at least got to see every single person. Right? He would give everybody an autograph, but he had to stop because everybody was taking a picture, doing the you know pinch finger celebration, making him say Tommy Cutlets. You know, doing videos. And this
2: is before. This was before the Packers
0: game. This is yeah, two weeks. Yes, before the Packers game, two weeks before, because they were going into their bye week. Yes, and so I was kind of really shocked by the phenomenon that kind of was going on, and you realize there's the Italian angle, the Jersey angle. Like you know, you know, you live in New Jersey, and I've said this a hundred times. I know, and I grew up, and I'm born and raised in Jersey. I grew up, I know a thousand Tommy DeVitos, right? That's why he relates to everybody here, right? <laughs> I mean, I first of all, I I live down in Monmouth County by the Jersey Shore. Trust me, I know a gazillion Tommy DeVitos, all right? Uh, did, were you surprised by the reaction that he got, even before it kind of blew up on national TV of that Monday night game? But locally, it had gained as much traction as it had.
2: Yeah, I mean, it... I I was not surprised. I mean, uh, just because, I don't know, I feel like New York needed some underdog. I I, I really was not being hyperbolic when I said, you know, we haven't seen this type of underdog in New York since Jeremy Lin. Yeah. Um, And and, uh, having been at, wow, I mean, like, Maybe I'm the only one. I, I was at the the Lynn game where before, you know, Kobe Bryant said Jeremy Lynn, who? And then he scored 39. <laughs> I was at that game. And then I was at the Tommy DeVito Packers game. So, like, maybe I've seen the height of, uh, of both of these guys. Circle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, it was, it, it's a feel good story. I think it's a funny story. Um, you know, he played the character as much as people hated him. Sh- you know, Sean Stellato played the character. I mean, it was it was oh, his family it was too literally...
0: much Tommy's
2: family. Yeah. Tommy's
0: family. Yeah, I'm
2: with it it as well, yeah, of course. I mean, literally that, you know, I looked for the tailgate. It was cold that night. I looked for the tailgate for a long time. Uh I wanted to uh get a uh get a cutlet from them. You should have um, called
0: and texted. I mean, I would have told you I right know. where it was.
2: I know, I know. I was just walking the big, around. There was for a, a big while.
0: Italian flag that was a that was the landmark.
2: I do, I do want to get a uh, as a as a memorabilia guy. I do want to get a chicken cutlet where he signs the the bread, and uh, and then vo- go to Home Depot and like varnish it or you bring it. Say, to how's
1: it going to last? It.
2: Oh, you bring it to like a taxidermy person or something and just have it have it coated in 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 shellac.
1: <laughs>
2: then I could have a cutlet sitting on my on my desk.
0: It would be different. I will tell you that that would be very different. Yes. So you you brought it up. How does this compare to linsanity in your opinion? Um. So
2: linsanity just let la- you know. I you just get this feeling that linsanity it, it lasted longer and had a bigger economic impact. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there was the whole situation where. Uh, the fight between msG and some of the cable carriers at that time and the fact that Jeremy Lynn was doing so well you know these guys buckled in their negotiations uh he was on two straight Sports Illustrated covers um it that that was that was like wild I can't believe it and I think a lot of it is because basketball is so much more an individual Jewel game. Like, I think the fact that people who know football watched the Packers and watched Tommy DeVito. And again, like in that game, there was no pressure on the offensive line. Or the offensive line did a great job. I mean, he had all the time he wanted in the pocket, right? Mm-hmm. Uh he 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 had some he had some great scrambles. Um uh and he did his job. But with Lynn, it was like a little bit more flash because it's like you know again he played the part of the underdog because not only is it this asian basketball player but he went to harvard and like literally you know schooling people uh
0: tommy devito didn't look like patrick mahomes he, yeah. yeah i think people knew big game, kind of what that this tommy devito story was gonna end you know soon
2: yeah I knew, and the, I do in think the that. big games in the big games, Jeremy Lin did look like Kobe. I mean, he was doing crazy. He was doing crazy stuff. Uh, And so I think that's, that's kind of the difference, um, you know, and, uh, but, but, but similar in the, you know, such like the Vince Papali story or, you know, an underdog story when you see it, seems like a movie, seems like a Rudy, you know, they'll option the film, you know, right away. Of course, of course, you know, the, 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 client the, 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 the climax cannot be, uh, the Packer
0: game Yeah, in order this for them to have So where do you see it going then? Where do you see this story going? Like, what's his marketability going forward? Let's say I, he's just a, a backup quarterback in the NFL.
2: Yeah. Let's say he, he, beyond this season, right? Like not, he never steps on the field. I still think he has like a niche area where he could he could do things i think in new jersey he can do things you know guys guys who have fleeting fame often in college become really successful like real estate agents and you know places he'll be remembered he'll be remembered for for the moment and he'll certainly be remembered in new jersey so stick as long as you can on the giants and stay as long as you can in the state of new jersey and, and and there'll be life. They'll be will this will this will have life for his life. He's forever a legend. But you know, as far as nationally real marketability, uh, I can't see much of a scenario um unless somehow he figures out how to beat the Eagles that <laughs> that, that this is gonna be like a beautiful story with a bow for For everyone nationwide.
0: But if he plays either really spectacularly or beats the Eagles, something the Giants, by the way, haven't done in decades, right? I mean, they've they're like three and sixteen against the Eagles. Right. If he does that in front of a national audience on Christmas, it's gonna be good for the brand. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll end with this because you kind of brought it up about the New Jersey and the market. And I'm curious, this is more big picture, but the Giants, have they sell it with players and they sell, tried to sell it with Saquon, that there's still a big benefit to being in New York. Now, we know that the NFL is so big, it's a monster that Patrick Mahomes is in Kansas City. He's a monster, right? How much do you think that still exists or do you how much of a benefit actually is there of being in New York? Uh, definitely has lessened.
2: Um I think uh you could be a star pretty much anywhere. I think the markets that are still tough are still tough, right? Like so like Phoenix, Seattle, Jacksonville. Oh Jacksonville, uh, yeah, like those 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 like I don't want to call them you know like one horse towns, but like you know they're growing um but uh it, it those smaller uh, teams do actually make it harder. You know, Kansas City has always had tradition. The market size really doesn't matter that much. Um, but I I do think that there's a slight advantage. It is not it is lessened every single year as this world gets closer. I mean, you just have to look at Halloween costumes from our kids. Uh there are there are more Steph Curry's and Patrick Mahomes and I in in New Jersey there were five kids who were like the Dolphins wide receivers uh if that doesn't tell you that that we're we're smaller and you know things I mean when when we were kids you could only you could only even
0: get a Jets or Giants jersey so well so you can only watch the games else. In your local area. So it was Correct. very provincial. Now you can watch Correct. any game you want. There's fantasy. So, you know, my daughter likes the Kansas City Chiefs. I live in New Jersey. That would have never happened when we were kids growing Correct. up. Correct. Because she would have never seen the Kansas City Chiefs unless it was the playoffs or Super Bowl. I do think, uh, you know, for a while,
2: um, there was there was a lot of stars in New York, right? Like Saquon qualified and Aaron Judge and... uh I'm just trying to think of like, well, no, no one's really emerged on the Knicks side. Uh um, well, they had Carmelo. You know, hockey's hockey. No, but I'm talking about at the same time. At the same time, there was a but you know, because sometimes you could say, well, how much space is there in the market? But like uh, gotcha. yeah. Yeah. I I, I I don't think it it's it's definitely not the same. Well, that's why uh
0: Tommy DeVito has been able to step in and capitalize on the Darren. I appreciate it. Good luck. Uh you're looking into your next opportunity and I'll be watching closely because I want to I, wa- I want to see what it is. I'm always interested. And you know what? I actually had a conversation recently. You should hook up and do some stuff with Justin Pugh. He's really big on the sports business side. That's like the niche that he wants to get into. You should you should link really? up with him at some point. Yep. He's a good guy. Amazing. And and he he's really into the the business side of sports. So right up, right up your alley. Nothing,
2: nothing like it. Been doing it for 23 years. Have so much fun.
0: And doing a great job at it as well. Appreciate the time, man. Thanks a lot.
3: With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast.
0: Thanks there to Darren Ravel. I always enjoy his perspective because it's so different, right? And because most people really don't understand the intricacies of the business side, right? It's sort of something that's, you know, a dark secret. Like people keep all the details sort of hidden on how these things work behind the scenes from the business side. But I know a lot of people don't like him and they don't like his social presence and they like to, you know, make fun of him and rip him apart. But I do think it's a unique perspective and it's something that's different. And I do. And I like that about him. And we worked together at ESPN and we worked actually pretty well together. He was a good person to work with. Now, here's the portion of the episode, Jordan on the beat, where I tell you what it's like to cover the Giants work for ESPN or cover the NFL in general. And what I'm going to tell you here is about the working environment in New Orleans. Okay you say New Orleans, it's pretty warm there. Louisiana, you know, the bayou was 65 degrees, 60 degrees outside. Well, let me tell you, the Superdome is a unique place to work. And I'm not complaining as if it's a terrible thing, but man, it's unique. You are at the top, 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 top of the dome, kind of like Detroit. A lot of these domes are like that. The media are at the top. It's an open air press box, meaning there's no enclosed windows and glass, right? You don't need to worry about the weather. So, We can experience the atmosphere in the stadium as well. But you are at the tippy, tippy top. I mean, there's no seats above you at the top of the stadium. And because you're at the top of the stadium, holy cow, it's freezing in there, right? Like I'm sitting there, literally, I brought a hat and gloves. Mind you, 60 plus degrees outside in New Orleans, but yet the top of the Superdome It's like a damn icebox. I got my black leather gloves on, looking like a psychopathic serial killer up there, typing, trying to text and tweet in a dome, no less. It's so cold up there because you have to understand. So you have to air condition the entire dome. So the air is blowing from the top. You're getting the first drift of the air. I had somebody tell me in the stadium, it was hot as heck. It was hot as hell. What you expect, humid and disgusting from New Orleans weather-wise. But at the top, it's to the point where I was sitting next to Dan Duggan up there. We had papers, right? They hand out papers like, you know, rosters and uh, quarter-by-quarter stats. It's so drifty up there that the papers are blowing from the wind, from the air conditioning. So these are the environments. These These are the elements that you have to work through as a tough, big, bad media member in New Orleans. I say this, by the way, all completely, completely tongue in cheek. It is not that hard. You put on your jacket. And by the way, at least I was prepared. I was, you know, my uh, cohorts in New Orleans always tell me, hey, don't forget, press box freezing. This is like a known thing. Bring your hat and gloves. You know, bring your jacket. Make sure you dress warm. It kind of reminds me my first trip I went to San Diego. So you're like, oh, San Diego. It's beautiful in San Diego, 80 degrees every day. And it usually is, but we went there and it actually rained and it was chilly. And it was like an old press box, which was all like basically cinder block, uh, almost like a minor league baseball stadium. And it was like 55, 60 degrees. In, yeah, but yeah, that's right. In San Diego. And I'm wearing a short sleeve shirt and I was freezing in San Diego. Second coldest I've ever been, New Orleans. Put it up there, right behind San Diego. <laughs> which sounds crazy, right? It just goes to show you, you always got to come prepared. Bring a jacket, bring a sweatshirt, whatever. You never know. I mean, I'm wearing a suit anyway, but even a suit, shirt, tie, and suit was not enough. Still needed the hat, gloves, and, and jacket at times. That's how cold it was in New Orleans. All right, that's it for this episode of Breaking Big Blue. As always, like, subscribe, Tell your friends. Thanks again for Darren Revel coming on and discussing the Tommy DeVito drama. You're listening to Breaking Big Blue. I'm Jordan Ronan. See you next time.